do we need do we need to do like a disclaimer before the episode? Just like uh a... <laughs> what if you like Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode is not designed for fans of Tom Brady. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this well this is the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones and this week we're going sporty because sunday will be the super bowl yes so we're not we're not going too overly sporty we're still going to be talking about films and tv but you know relevance and we are as we've mentioned before big nfl fans yeah not big fans of what's about to happen on sunday but uh big nfl fans nonetheless yeah, we'll save that for our brand new <laughs> fuck Tom Brady section. So, who are you a supporter of, Graham? Let's let's educate the people on us. Uh, well, I think I've probably mentioned on at least five or six podcasts that we've recorded. Um, it would be the Baltimore Ravens. First reference on this podcast when we spoke about Purple Rain. Oh, uh, yeah, true. True. Yeah. Which was episode one, so. <laughs> yeah, are they, are they keeping with the purple theme? I'm, I'm a Vikings fan. I feel like that's mainly because as a fan of, you know, welsh rugby i feel at home supporting a team who have so much potential yet do absolutely nothing with it every (laughs) single season but before i start crying this week we're talking about characters we would want on our super bowl team so we had to set up a number of rules because immediately i demanded to have a cave troll so the rules are they have to be human characters so i had to put legolas's elf eyes to one side as well uh, no superheroes because just, the list... just his eyes just his elf eyes <laughs> uh, no superheroes otherwise this list would have just been superheroes yeah and no actual superpowers because we're the kind of people who would try to loophole around no superheroes mm-hmm. these aren't lists of fictional football players these are just movie and tv characters we would want to see playing American football in the Super Bowl for any team other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. But we will come to that later in our brand new Fuck Tom Brady section. <laughs> so here's a, here's a question for you. Obviously, with the Super Bowl, you have one, one of the big things a lot of people watch it for is the, um, the halftime show is a big thing. Um, there's been some great performances over the years. There's been some awful ones. And I'm not particularly looking forward to this year's one. However. If you were to take, um, so obviously you normally get a big popular band or, or act to um, to perform. So let's say that we're sticking with the movie theme. Who is the one movie band that you're letting do the, the halftime show at the, the fictional podcast Nobody Asked For Super Bowl? Ooh, that's uh, Stillwater from Almost Famous would be a very good halftime nice. show. Because that's kind of, I, I think, classic rock, that kind of like 70s rock stuff does well in in kind of arenas. There'd be a bit of a Springsteen vibe to it. It's kind of like um, proper like stadium rocky kind of stuff, right? Like yeah. and a band that has, to my knowledge, has never done it, but absolutely should is like the Foo Fighters, that kind of yeah, it, it, type it would, of music. Yeah, it would be very Foo Fighters-y. But obviously... If we're doing that now, they were a successful fictional band in the fictional 70s, so they would all be <laughs> 1890. So it'd kind of be like the, the Rolling Stones doing Rolling it. Rolling Stonesy, yeah. But 
Ah, oh, fuck, I'm not, I'm not sure. Because all of, all of the band, like, obviously, Dan Stevens from Eurovision, so he could get Lion of Love, I mean, the best pop song ever written. Um, <laughs> Dragon yeah. Sound, obviously. Just, oh, dra- Dragon Sound. Just unite yeah. everyone. Yeah, well, football is about honesty, loyalty, friendship. What, well, what, it what is. You? For some people, it's about honesty. For yeah. others, I'm sure we'll get on to later, it's not. In our brand new Fuck Tom Brady section. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming you've asked this question because you have thought about it for longer oh, than I have. No, absolutely not. It just came <laughs> to my mind. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe the... Um... Oh, I wasn't expecting you to throw it back at me and you, you crafty, crafty man. <laughs> Is it the Wild Stallions? Oh, the Wild Stallions. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Or um, have you ever watched Airheads, the Brendan Fraser film? Uh, no, I haven't. I've seen bits of it. though. Or Spinal Tap, actually. Oh, Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. That, well, there we go. That's the right answer. <laughs> isn't it? But the, the band in Airheads is my fav- well, one of my favourite band names. They're the Lone Rangers. <laughs> which nice. the more you think about it the funnier it gets yeah that's but, very good but yeah i i mean it's uh there's a lot of fictional kind of sport things and like we said we're not doing superheroes but i tried to think of who which superheroes i would i would want on a team and yep. the i again i think the correct answer is just dr manhattan on every single choice from watchmen um the hulk seems like an easy choice unless he's playing like one of those really nice teams who just kind of thank you for everything and then that might calm him down too much yeah uh, but then so he also... if he's playing in the canadian football league <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you also then have like bullseye like superhero accurate people which it would stop being fun yeah so i i was thinking that i was thinking my my two main options were I mean, interchangeably, either Quicksilver or The Flash at running back, because obviously that's basically a touchdown every time. Or Thanos at quarterback, because he could do his finger-snappy thing and their um, D-line disappears and there's holes for the running back. True, true. Or at least half the defensive line disappears. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. But it it was fun to think about. Obviously, having the scope of every single fictional character ever made made it difficult to whittle it down just to three but i think i've done uh i've done commendably <laughs> i mean we'll we'll see how this goes it's it's <laughs> one, yeah. one of them i'm I'm quite interested i've just again i just kind of made myself laugh with some of the reasonings so um hopefully that translates and makes everyone else laugh as well if not it's it's not gonna go down so well <laughs> yeah but there we go but um, if if um, if people aren't watching the Super Bowl this Sunday, um, have you got a movie recommendation that nobody asked for that they could entertain themselves with? So I do, and in the in the theme of uh, football, and due to a, a great Baltimore Ravens anecdote, I have gone <laughs> for the 2000 film The Replacements, which is a romantic comedy starring Keanu Reeves as a quarterback who joins a team because of a player strike. It's complete trash, but the good kind of trash. It's it's everything you would want about a football-based romantic comedy. That's definitely not where I thought... When you said a movie and Baltimore Ravens, I thought you were going to go with the blind side. But no, you went with the replacements. So, so <laughs> Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves practiced and developed so much as a fictional quarterback 
the Baltimore Ravens invited him to a tryout. Nice, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it would have been six months before I think they won the Super Bowl. Which one? The first time or the second? Whichever one that was six months after them shooting the replacements. <laughs> <laughs> so if the Phil came out in 2000. Okay, so that would have been the first one, yeah. Yeah, well, so that's, we had, um, Jesus, what was his name? This is how memorable our quarterbacks have been. Was it Keanu Reeves? No, none other than Trent Farris Dilfer, who was our wow. Super Bowl winning quarterback the first time round. No, um, no wonder he wanted Keanu Reeves. Safe, safe to say the Ravens have won both Super Bowls on the strength of our defense because it was um, Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really have a lot to draw from when it comes to teams <laughs> winning things. We had, or, even, uh, or even playoffs. Uh, hey, hey, Minneapolis r- miracle. Fucking <laughs> the best the Vikings have done recently was with Case Keenum. I don't, I don't want to go too sporty with all of this because... I'm very aware this is a... People are turning off. Yeah, this is a movie <laughs> slash TV podcast, but Case Keenum. Like, uh, God, we'll save, we'll save that for our... Case Ke- to be fair, Case Keenum does sound like a, like an alter ego for a superhero, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's you, quite you would, like Clark Kenty. You, you would have to, if it was Marvel, it would have to be Case spelt with a K. Yeah, yeah. Because Stanley loves his uh, alliterations. So... Okay, so people are watching the replacements, but obviously, notoriously, if they're going to fill up the whole time that the Super Bowl is on, that's a good close to four hours with the like halftime show and everything. Um, so they've got through replacements. It's actually, you know, it's only half time. Spinal Tap are just finishing up. Rather than turning on the second half, what are they going to watch instead? Yeah. They're, they're wheeling off the tiny Stonehenge. <laughs> so I, I, I thought that so the only reason you would be watching films during the Super Bowl is because you, you, you're just not a football fan. You don't want to watch the Super Bowl. Um, or you just aren't a Tom Brady fan, which we will come to in our brand new Fuck Tom Brady section. So I thought, what's the furthest you could get away from football? So obviously football's a winter sport. So I think the furthest you could get away is around midsummer. So <laughs> that's why... My other recommendation this week is going to be Midsummer, a film set in Midsummer in Sweden, which geographically, um, kind of chronologically, is about as far away from American football as you can get. Mm. And so it, also, it, it does feature a bear. It does. It does feature a bear, much like the NFL. Unlike the playoffs. Hey. Hey. <laughs> the Chicago Bears are a prominent and famous NFL team. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So uh, the replacements and uh, Midsummer for your football fans, your non-football fans, your fans of cults. I and think that's the uh, the obvious um, the obvious double bill, which I'm sure has been done many a time. Oh, of course, yeah. They're uh, they're raking it in in midnight showings of the replacements <laughs> in Midsummer. So without without further ado, this is this week's episode on characters we would want to be on our Super Bowl team. And I believe, Graham, it is you kicking us off. <laughs> hey, uh, for a uh, touchback. Sport. Okay, so, first choice. We are going arguably the most important position on the pitch, um, which is the quarterback. And to be a good quarterback, you obviously need to be a good leader. And trying to think through lots of, you know, characters, like you say, across all of fiction is quite quite broad. 
but one of the most, I guess one of the strongest leaders in recent times who's led a number of different, uh, I guess, factions, families, um, etc., is none other than Westeros's own Jon Snow. So I was thinking, right, so you need someone who's a good leader. But also I was thinking, who has been to the Super Bowl more than anyone else? And unfortunately, it's Tom Brady. So I was trying to think of a character that had a lot of parallels with Tom Brady. And Jon Snow came to mind um, because, like you say, he's a bastard. When things weren't going his way as a Stark, he was quite happy to switch to become a Targaryen. Um, is your is your entire basis on this? It's like I know you threw the leadership line in, but it's entirely that he's a bastard. Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, bravo! Um, obviously, he's from the north. You know, likes cold weather. Tom Brady played in New England for many years. Mm-hmm. He was very happy to spy on the wildlings for the Night's Watch. Also very Tom Brady-esque. <laughs> um, and he literally cheated death, which is the biggest cheat that you can probably do outside of being Tom Brady. Therefore, if, if Jon Snow was a quarterback, he would probably go to the Super Bowl as many times as Tom Brady, which is, as of this Sunday, 10 times. And so end my TED Talk. So, okay. So there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there. So. <laughs> oh, God, we're going straight in with the uh, Tom Brodiness. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, so both, both bastards. Yep. Does that, does that give them, do you, do you think that would give Jon Snow an edge? Um, yeah, I think so. I think you know, there's an there's a element of ruthlessness, right, that you need to be a, a competitor at the highest level. That's it works. I, I I could see that. Good. Uh, he he's shown athleticism. Yep. Um, I don't think incest really comes into things a lot. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I I I see. I I see Jon Snow. I see Jon Snow working. Clever, clever leader. Yep. People like him. Massive piece of shit. Yep. Exactly. He, he, he did start. Winding me up a bit at one point, I won't lie. But then again, I think that was the entire show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, and you know, he kind of, he is revered as this this character, but as but he is a bit of a prick as well, because he does like, as I say, like he, he's, he does the whole spying on the wildlings thing, and like... He spends the, he spends the whole, whole time doing that kind of weird, like, whisper shouting. <laughs> yeah. And he also gets a lot of credit for things that other people do as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ash, Ash Ketchum syndrome, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Or Tom Brady yeah. syndrome. Or Tom Brady syndrome. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, if the watch are carried by a good defense. Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah. without without that wall... Without that not, wall. There's not really a lot they could do. Yeah, and for my second choice at O-line is the wall. <laughs> the wall. <laughs> But yeah, and as I say, like, you know, the guy cheated death. That is the biggest cheat that you can do. And as we know, Tom Brady is, is famous for cheating over and over again. Yeah, and not, not just cheating death, but cheating death in a show which kind of made itself famous by killing people. Yeah. Like, the whole point of Game of Thrones up until the last series was that 
anybody could die and then suddenly nobody could. Yeah. And actually, now you talk, now you say that, like with the NFL, the whole point is that, like with the draft system and everything and the salary caps, is that anyone can kind of win. But then you had the Patriots just winning it and no one else for the best part of 10, 12 years. So what, what you're saying is that Westeros, uh, the whole Game of Thrones, needed a salary cap. I think that, yeah, it did need get, a salary get, cap. Get rid of the Lannister benefit. Yeah. Were the, were the Lannisters still rich or was it, it was the other, it was the flower fuckers, right? The flower I, fuckers. I, I, I haven't... <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time because I don't want to remind—I I don't want to remind myself how good it was. I'm—I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm, there's going to be an episode. I don't know what happened to my accent there. That was weird. <laughs> there's going to be an episode where we talk about Game of Thrones. I assume, but I, I don't—I don't think it went as the quality definitely dropped. But I still liked the major beats of the story they were telling. It was just the connective tissue between it. Yeah, I—I I think it got a. I think it got a hard, hard rap, considering there are other shows that took worse dives than than Game of Thrones did. But there were, you know, there were some pieces that that could have been done better. But I still think it was, I still think it was very good. But back to the, I the Lannisters definitely suffered. I mean, they were the ones that always were paying their debts, right? So yeah, they obviously had a lot of dead cap space. Probably because of the acquisition uh, of Jamie Lannister coming coming back after he was captured. Anyway, uh, I'm going they, off on. They 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 misunderstood when they said he had a golden hand. <laughs> I, I I thought I, I I did think of Game of Thrones characters, and by that I mean I googled Jason Momoa roles when I got hooked on that post-apocalyptic show where he plays a blind guy, which I would recommend to everyone so much that I successfully crowbarred it into an episode. Nice. But Drogo, I think, would be a good. Good yeah. choice. Obviously, the mountain. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mountain. Although the mountain might suffer because of his like squidginess and the like the fact that he was. I think I think it was mold, wasn't it? That that was turning him sort of. He did get a, he did get moldy. He was quite moldy, and you feel like if if something hit him, there would be seepage. I think. Yeah. True. And, and that's not what you want on a football field. That, that's pro- seepage has to be a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flags flying everywhere. Um, you know, um, you know. Uh, I don't know if this is too sporty. I might just cut this out. You know to- that the Tampa centre mm. has to stuff his shorts with towels. No. So Tom Brady told the centre he had to stuff his short with towels because Tampa is very humid, and butt sweat was making the ball slippy. Seriously, I am being a hundred percent deadly serious. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Nice. That's sweat. But yeah, I think Westeros has a lot of. I think there's definitely room for a Westerosi football league. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. You've got you've got plenty of teams. I don't think you get thirty two out of them. But um. But yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It was basically so I could make Jon Snow sound like Tom Brady by all of the terrible things that he did. That was the main good, reason I chose that one. It is a good and accurate joke. <laughs> which uh, we will cover more in our brand new Fuck Tom Brady section. Uh, nice. I like nice. it. Yeah. Nice. My first choice then, and because you led with quarterback, I too am going to lead with quarterback. And I was about to say this week. I was like, we haven't picked fucking quarterbacks before. So for <laughs> my quarterback, we are drafting out of the Felix Legion's 
So this man was a loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. He's father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and he will have his vengeance in this season or the next. And that is obviously Maximus Decimus Meridius, played by Russell Crowe in Gladiator. The main reason I am picking Maximus Decimus Meridius is because, one, like you said, leadership is a key trait to being kind of a quarterback, because that's the, the leader of the team. And two, I get to talk about Gladiator, because Gladiator is an incredible film. So, throughout Gladiator, he shows kind of key leadership skills to the point where, when I was researching this, more business articles came up than film articles. <laughs> like, everybody loves going to this for, like, really wanky business advice. Like, seven types of leadership displayed in Gladiator. It's like, cool, great, lovely. None of them mentioned wielding weapons. I'm just going to, I'm to keep the you know, what will at some point, I'm sure, become a catchphrase or a tradition or whatever. I'm just going to refer to him as Russell Crowe from now on. So Russell Crowe in Gladiator. I mean, you you have the benefit that he doesn't swap faces with anyone, so he doesn't have to be like Russell Phoenix or anything. Yeah, true, true. So he always participates in, you could tell I read this from a business article, right? He always <laughs> participates in tasks that he's designating to followers, but he, he always leads from the front. So he's always willing to put himself out there. Like in the first battle scene, he kind of leads uh, like a cavalry charge in the arena. He's always kind of front and center. So if anybody's going to die, it could be him because he'll always be like on the on, on the front lines. He inspired an entire army. He inspired gladiators. He's inspired people that he's barely met, which is everything that you would want in, you know, an, an on field leader. With that becomes kind of, you know, strong trust. Like he's in the, the incredible, like the chariot gladiator scene. It's it's weird saying, obviously, gladiator scene can refer to the film or the actual gladiator fights. <laughs> so I'll just say fight scene where it's recreating a battle against Carthage. It's the one with all the chariots. And he's pointing and ordering people around. And without question, everyone is doing what he says, which is what you want, you know in that quarterback leader position and yeah people just seem to be willing to put their lives on the line for this dude and that's what you want in sport and i think that's what a super bowl team should have mm-hmm. um will and he, i'll come um, to this will he be able <laughs> will he be able to perform um without his without his weapons i i, th- I think so um the so he he he's clearly he's career military. So there's obvious kind of athleticism there and you know strength and speed and everything like that. And I mean in a quarterback you don't necessarily need you know it for some people that comes second to being able to kind of pull the team together around you. Like that kind of morale impact. Um, so what I've done to continue the theme of this episode is I have made notes on why I would rather this person in the Super Bowl team than Tom Brady. So he's number one. He's not Tom Brady. Number one. He's <laughs> not Tom Brady. But the main kind of thing for me is like, like I said, because he is such kind of like an exemplary leader figure. Again, you can tell I read a business article. Of him. <laughs> a lot goes wrong during Gladiator. Like in any battle or fight scene, not everything is going to go 100% your way. He gets betrayed at parts. There's, you know, 
the system's working against him, but at no point does he shout and blame other people. Like, he brings people to him through just inspiration and kind of leading from the front, rather than when something goes wrong, you blame everyone else apart from your pretty perfect self. And so, cry about it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, that's the key reason, I think, Maximus Decimus Meridius slash Russell Crowe would be a good quarterback. Where, 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 would, where do you see him playing? Like what if you were to drop him into a uh, an NFL team? Ob- the obvious choice would be somewhere in the AFC North, that's not the Bengals because he's quite adept at beating Tigers. Yeah, yeah. So you he, he you would it would need to be maybe someone who faces the Bengals regularly. Yeah. So you um, the, so you Ravens, Steelers, or or Browns. Oh, it's a, it's a tough one. I'm not. Uh, no, the the. the... It's kind of weird that you'd feel like like the NFL seems ripe for having like like centurion kind of named teams. Like it's it's kind of strange that they've not gone with anything. So the closest we would have, and it is actually a team who arguably needs a quarterback, is the closest I can think of to a bad Roman centurion pun is the Eagles. Fair. That that is a very very niche ancient Rome joke. That's a reach. That's. <laughs> But the the eagle is also um, we mentioned it a couple of times. You know when Hollywood makes the same film twice in mm. the space of four months. There's the eagle and there's Centurion that were released in the same year about the same legion that disappeared in Scotland. Nice. Um, one of them has Michael Fassbender and one of them has Channing Tatum. Both are worth watching. The Fassbender one's better. But yeah, so I would say he would be he would go for the Eagles unless we had like. I don't know, expansion team brings in the Roman Centurions. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. And like I said, Gladiator is... Gladiator's a weird one because I always forget that it is legitimately one of the best films I've ever seen. Like, a- as a film, it's bordering on perfect. Like, I can't think of anything wrong with it. Apart from no, the fact Russell Crowe's a bit of a dick. It's very good. And it's a great... Um, I think one of the most successful movie scores of all time as well oh it must be must be yeah it's it's an incredible film it's a film i will be talking about as often as i can and yeah sheer leadership and athleticism and not being tom brady maximus decimus brady's okay so we've spoken quarterbacks what do you need to stop a good quarterback and to really put some pressure on them and that is a excellent defensive line and who better to head up your defensive line than someone who according to his boss weighs one metric ton (laughs) (laughs) and that is of course fat bastard from the austin powers universe fair is this now be honest with me is this another bastard joke <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> However, <laughs> I kind of wish it was. <laughs> but um, but yeah, apparently bastards gets the Super Bowl, so it's a good, good, good. Oh, sorry, who are good, uh... who are you referring to there, Graham? Oh, none other than Sir Thomas Brady. Nice, but we will come on to that later. Yes. Um. So yeah, the the fat bastard. He, as I say, apparently weighs one metric ton, according to Doctor Evil. Um. 
he um apparently this size endows him with great strength he's obviously a successful sumo wrestler which is basically like being a lineman because it's kind of it's the same it's all, all, all pushing right exactly right so he's 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 more than set up to do this so do you know obviously this is this we're dealing with some some impressive weight here right he is he weighs a ton um literally uh, do you know what <laughs> it's lockdown graham i'm dealing with some impressive weight as well <laughs> what do you um do you know who the most who the heaviest is the heaviest defensive lineman on record but also the heaviest nfl player on record um was or is was, well, was. he tory poe was a big fucker or is he the is he the heaviest person to catch a touchdown pass? Uh, he probably is. Yeah, I think he is. But he's not as heavy as Aaron Gibson, who played for the Lions, Cowboys, and Bears. Oh my! Um, and he weighed four hundred and ten pounds. Fuck me! I'm not even. That, that's so heavy. I'm not one hundred percent sure how much that is. To, to Google. Well, in in kilograms, it's one hundred eighty-five kilograms. Shit. 29 stone yeah and he still managed it's right so he actually weighed more than this when he was in high school he was 440 pounds in high school 440 pounds is just over a fifth of a u.s ton (laughs) so fucking hell how quick so this guy right so for those of you that don't follow NFL too closely, the when players are drafted, they take part in this thing called the combine, where you basically do it's kind of like sports day. You do a bunch of uh, things like running a dash, seeing how high you can jump, how much you can bench press, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's it's used as a way that um, prospective teams can see how valuable you are. Um, what your what your athletic abilities are when they're judging whether they'll take you in the draft or not, and so this guy. Let's bear in mind that he's just shy of thirty stone. Yeah, how how quickly do you think he did the forty yard dash? Six seconds. Five point zero three. Jesus Christ! Do you know that little bitch we've been talking about earlier on? Thomas Brady did it in five twenty eight. You're kidding. No. <laughs> a four a four hundred and forty pound <laughs> man ran a quicker forty yard dash than what we what I it's not even a challenge because you'll win, but I think before the next episode we need to run a forty yard dash to see how quickly we could do it. Okay. That's fine. I don't actually know how long forty yards is or how I can easily measure it out. But um we'll we'll figure something out. So forty forty yards in meters. This is going very number heavy. So it is 36 and a half meters. Okay. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah. I challenge you to the combine. I demand, <laughs> I demand satisfaction. The combine nobody asked for. Well, surely we need to do like the vertical jump and shit as well. Yeah. God, I'll be, I'll be fucking horrible at that. I'm not. Uh... Let, I, let, let's I, just I... say I'm not at peak physical fitness right now. I did it. At, um, so I went a couple of years ago. I went to the very short-lived NFL experience um, in New York in Times Square. Oh yeah, and they had like a few combine things, and they had the thing where you have to jump up and like do the vertical jump and hit the thing. Um, and they also had this thing where you were kind of like pushing against some fake linemen, see how yeah. well you could do on that. Yeah, 
I was. They, they... I don't think I got anywhere close to any of actual NFL players on the vertical yeah. jump because they have like all of them listed, and it's ridiculous when you look at like what these guys can do is phenomenal. Well, they they, they had similar at I went to Vikings Browns at Twickenham. Mm. I think they had like combine stuff set up there, but I I so I I, I used to work in Central London, and uh, the week of I think uh, Saints were over here. Or a London mm. game, um, and their O line was clearly out doing touristy stuff because I bumped into them outside Buckingham Palace, nice. and you don't appreciate how big they are because they're always standing next to people just as monstrous as them. Yep, they had a foot on me in every single direction you could have a foot <laughs> on. Like they were the biggest people I have ever seen. It was it's scary, they, isn't they it? all must have been six seven. All would have been weighing more than three. They're usually coming about yeah, like three between three twenty and three fifty or so. But there was there was a great a great interview with so there's a big thing with linemen where a lot of them suddenly become shredded when they retire because apparently the hardest thing to do as an O lineman is keep that weight because that's not a natural weight to be at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, this this guy now, Aaron Gibson, is is now got a a six pack. Is in his I think his. I don't want to do him a disservice and say in his 60s, but I think he's... Basically, what I'm saying is I want to see Fat Bastards diet. How many, ca- <laughs> how many calories would you have to eat to maintain being a metric ton? Okay, well, I can tell you how many calories it took um, Aaron Gibson to maintain being 410 pounds, and that was 30,000 calories a day. How is that even possible? <laughs> the guy must have just been eating sticks of butter. But it would have to, it would have to be like because <laughs> I know who is the Olympic swimmer. Phelps, um, Phelps, Michael Phelps, Phelps, Michael Phelps. Yeah, yeah. He also he, from Baltimore. Shout yeah, out Ravens. Nice. He would eat like an obscene amount of calories, but it didn't matter what he ate because he would burn it off that day. So he yeah. he was all fried egg sandwiches and Red Bull. But I'm assuming <laughs> keeping 440 pounds in football, it has to be clean calories. So that's just boiled yeah. chicken breast every two hours or something. That's making yeah. me sad. Anyway, <laughs> Austin Powers is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so as you say, like 410 pounds is a fifth of a US ton. So Fat Bastard is five times the weight of the heaviest <laughs> player to ever play in the NFL uh, defensive line. As I mentioned, successful sumo wrestler. Um, obviously Scottish, so that benefits the chosen team because of the international player pathway. And it also helps further the global brand of the, the sport. Nice, nice. So he would be... Because there used to be like the Scottish Claymores or something, right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Which is like the coolest NFL name Europe. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> we had like the London Monarchs, and then there was the Scottish yeah. fucking Claymores. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be scared of the Monarchs, are you? <laughs> um, well, especially not America. No, <laughs> <laughs> they just they just like to look at them from afar, and they think it's all mystical. But actually, they don't I, want I, anywhere I, near I, there. I right? will be pushing the. Lo- what would you want to call a London franchise if we got a London franchise? Oh, the. Um... Let's just embrace the fact this is becoming a sports podcast this week. I don't. Oh, I'm not sure. Go on. You obviously have something in mind. 
Well, I mean, I, I was I was always a fan of the London Redcoats, but I don't think that will uh, that will get <laughs> NFL approval. Like, do do you just go Bulldogs? That's that's probably likely, isn't it? Because they've nicked um, Lions. We can't do Lions. Yeah, London, the the London divisive politics. It's <laughs> not really a lot we're known for right now. No, the London special brews. <laughs> yeah, there's some. I mean, if you go into our past, it's just lots of lots of really um, really, question, really questionable stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, fuck it, I'll probably be like the London Churchills or something like that. But, yeah, but no, fat fat boss is good, obviously. Yeah, sport, and, sporting caliber as well with uh, sumo. Yep, and he he mentions that he obviously he has a real want and a need to the to the degree that he was passing up payment, right? For the chance to eat mini me, he really likes to eat people that are smaller than him. He said that he's eating a baby. He wants to eat mini me. So if he's staring down Kyler Murray, I mean, <laughs> he is gonna be motivated to get to that quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you would, uh, you would just have to pay him in clones, which is <laughs> sorts your salary cap issue as well. You just exactly. pay him in food. <laughs> so, nice. um. So yeah, fat bastard on my on my defensive line. I'm staying staying on the offense here and going running back. So after you've got your your successful Roman quarterback, you need someone to you know he he needs offensive weaponry rather than just a sword and a shield. Um, and before I delve into this, I want to educate you on something that I have made up called. Italian Rugby Syndrome. Italian Rugby Syndrome is a name that I have devised uh, about a a sporting affliction that a lot of teams sometimes suffer from. And that is playing about three quarters of the game exceptionally and then losing it in the last quarter because you run out of steam and just completely drop the ball. Literally. Yeah. And that's... You know, it, it, it's something which I think a lot of teams get impacted by. It, it's just, you know, starting up strong and not being able to finish off the day. So I, I, I thought, you know, what you want is a running back who can't do that. A running back who will be giving, you know, 100, 100%. I was about to say 110%, but that really fucks me off. <laughs> who would give 100% the entire, you know, the entire game. Who can't bring himself to slow down. And that is why, at running back, I am going to have London-born Chev Chelios. <laughs> so Chev Chelios, you may not be aware, is from the 2006 Jason Statham masterpiece, Crank. What a film. So che- London-born Chev Chevi- uh, Chelios uh, is injected with a Chinese synthetic drug called the Beijing Cocktail, which inhibits his ability to produce adrenaline. So the entire film, he basically has to force himself to do things which would keep his heart pumping and adrenaline pumping, um, or he will die. So he physically can't stop. Like the entire film is just him sprinting from place to place, putting himself out there. It means he's going to be running into contact. He's going to want the ball every time, probably be screaming the entire way. Um, Obviously, there's a downside in that this is drug enhanced, but as far as I'm aware, 
there's no rule against adrenaline inhibitors. Well, you know, as long as it's not marijuana in the NFL. Yeah. Oh God, no, I, I wouldn't. Fine, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do something as, as horrific <laughs> as suggesting a player is allowed to smoke weed. I mean, that's that's just horrible. Horrible. But if um, so if he's, I I get the uh the kind of being amped up and and going crazy whilst he's playing, but as fans of the NFL will know is that the when the offense is not on the field he like, will be very loudly pedaling on the exercise bike <laughs> okay <laughs> so at the side of the field obviously you have players trying to keep warm he would just be like pulling up sparks on an exercise bike just <laughs> screaming the entire time but yeah i think london born chelios would bring a lot to an NFL team like i said it, it would there's there's aggression and then there's if I'm not aggressive aggressive I die. He's there's not going to be any like phoning it in days or phoning it in plays. He's just going to be. There is a slight chance he will literally fuck someone on the field, as he does <laughs> in both films. Uh, just I'm just being reminded of the, the absurdity of of Crank it's and such a good film. Is and it, by good, I mean it's not. It's categorically terrible, but it's so much fun. It's um, high voltage is the sequel, right? Yeah. Yep. Which is obviously so. In the sequel, actually, I'll come to that in a moment. So another reason I've chosen him is because he is a, a problem with running backs in the NFL. So running backs to the position where they're usually standing next to the, the quarterback and they literally get handed the ball and then they run. Um, and they're generally running into or the people Graham explained the fat bastards on the team the 350 pounds of muscle people so they have a very high likelihood of suffering quite severe injuries quite early in their career uh, London born Chev Chelios is very resistant to damage as proven by the fact he falls out of a helicopter and very clearly bounces and dies on the ground and then comes back for the sequel because he got better so in the sequel they replace his heart with an artificial heart and he literally has to he has to keep charging it right yeah exactly which is obviously why london board chef chelios is going to be the running back for the los angeles charges it <laughs> nice. makes it makes too much sense too much you know the high high voltage chance right themselves um if we're going for Crank 2, he'll be the first NFL athlete. I haven't researched this, but I'm assuming he'll be the first NFL athlete to play with an artificial heart. He has to charge by electrocuting himself. I mean, I'll have to research that afterwards, just to make sure. I but, don't think uh, there's anyone else, no. No, probably not. But, yeah, I just, I, I, I like to see unrivaled aggression on a sports field, and I think, I mean, let, let's be honest, shall we? You'll get that from Jason Statham anyway. Yeah. Like, he, well, because he famously was in the uh, Meme Machine, which was the UK remake yes! of, the, of The Longest Yard, and he played the like psychopathic goalkeeper who would just beat everyone up when a cross was coming in. Yeah, and he was um, a Catholic. Diving, right? Yeah, yeah, back when he had hair. Back in the long, long ago. But... Yeah, like obviously athletic. I think he's built kind of like a running back, really. I mean, obviously, he's probably a bit too old now, unless you're looking at players like Frank Gore. But yeah, 
it could work. Aggression. The dr he would probably get suspended at some point, which is the downside. Because if he gets suspended, he'll probably... If he gets suspended, he's not really allowed to participate in training, which means he would actually die. So that's... Yeah, plus you've got the... Um... Your your team is going to be the subject of many an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty as well. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if he wins the day, and <laughs> and the reasons, this was a tough one. The reasons London-born Chev Chelios, who is going to get you penalties, and he's probably going to be suspended because it is drug enhanced, um, is better than Tom Brady. Uh, sheer athleticism. And like I said, the the injury resistance. Um, Brady hasn't he hasn't really been the same since he had like an elbow injury a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, and he had that one season I think where he missed about ten games. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean also Chev Chelios, like uh, sorry sorry, London born Chev Chelios. Sorry, London born Chev Chelios. At least he like. His his unorthodox approaches to his personal health actually work for him, whereas Tom Brady thinks you don't get sunburn if you drink enough water. So exactly, like, yeah. Again, another reason why he's he's much better than Tom Brady. Yeah, like so. So the thing with London-born Chef Chelios, which I think is better than Brady, is yeah, he's sure he's 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 putting himself through some stuff, but he's not going to recommend it to anyone else. In fact, he didn't like being injected with this drug while he slept. So you know. Go oh, ahead. There's no London-born Chev Chelios method or any bullshit like that. But we will save that conversation for... <laughs> so, yeah. London-born nice. Chev Chelios. I'm assuming he'll be undrafted because I don't think you can draft out of organised crime. So, we've had quarterbacks. We've had a D-lineman. We've had a running back. Um, I am going for one of the most i think most important positions on the field but one that's often quite overlooked mascot yeah i want um steely mcbeam from the <laughs> from the steelers um no it's um it's the kicker so the kicker is you know is essentially again if you're not okay with with nfl you have a lot of different p positions and certain players only come out for certain plays the kicker literally is paid uh, i mean a, a good kicker salary what like a million two million a year probably like the, 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 a million maybe yeah i just justin tucker level i think justin tucker's contract's about a million or so a year and that's that's probably the top end but anyway you're paid a, roughly a million pounds a year or million dollars a year to kick a ball through two sticks there's very little chance you're going to get tackled it's not the most physically demanding position and you also sort of do the kickoffs at the beginning as well but critically there are uh, so many games and even super bowls that are decided by m fine margins right so whether that's a point after attempt which is worth one point or or three points for for a field goal so i think we need to get the right kicker on our football team and I was thinking through, okay, so who are some people within cinema that, you know, what, what are some games, some films that stick out where kicking is, is quite relevant? Obviously, you've got like like some martial arts films, but I don't think that's the right kind of kicking that you're after, right? You need to make sure that you know how to deal with trajectories of balls, um, particularly 
if there's a lot of wind, you might need to put some bend on that ball. Um, so <laughs> the <laughs> the the character I'm going for who should is... who, who like I know you want bend on the ball, but like, can you give me a bit more of a visual representation? Like, who would you want them to bend it? Say like. I'd quite like to bend it, um, bend it like Beckham, actually. Ah, so which film? Which film have you gone for? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> Airbuds. No. Um, we said yeah. no. We said no actual NFL. <laughs> so um, yes, I'm picking uh, Jasminda Jess Bamra from Bend It Like Beckham, who is the the lead character in Bend It Like Beckham, who is obviously a, I think probably the most famous football film out there like soccer film out there i don't think there's there was those goal movies but they always looked really terrible and i haven't seen i, I think the the difference with bend it like beckham is it's a story that how it's not a football story no like it's, it's about football the, in it. as soon as a film is about the actual football it's usually shit do you yeah. remember have you seen escape to victory no that's an awful film do you know what <laughs> do you know what escape to victory is is it? I mean, it's some. It's like a war. World time. War Two prisoner of war camp guards first president. Um, Sylvester Stallone's in it. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Pele. Mm. Um, none of the actors yep. can play football, and none of the footballers can act. It's nice. fucking amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I think probably the most famous um, uh, footballing film out there. I think. I could have gone with David Beckham because he is in it very briefly as a cameo at the at the airport, but I think your retort was, well, then I'm going to pick. <laughs> it was uh, Brett Favre in There's Something About Mary. And that would definitely um, be a better pick than David Beckham because he's not actually an NFL player. Um, but yeah, I think... To be, fair, to, would... to be fair, though, I would prefer David Beckham at kicker than Brett Favre. Just as a person. Just if we're just doing kickers. <laughs> um so yeah so jasminda or as she's known in the film jess she i think is just is perfect for for this position we've had 55 well this will be our 55th super bowl so we've had 54 so far and in those 54 super bowls 13 percent of them have been decided by three points or less oh fuck so that's seven in total some of them have been as narrow as a single point. The Ravens won their second Super Bowl by less than three points. You had um, you've had missed field goals. So that famously, I think when the Patriots lost to the Giants the first time round, I think it was a missed field goal that sealed it for the for the Giants who were up. But yeah, it's 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 such an important position. Um, if the game goes to overtime, you can win it with a field goal. Also, like we're talking about kickers and the film Bend It Like Beckham in some territories, I'm not sure which, I thought it was the US, but apparently not, was called Kick It Like Beckham, which nice. doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Um, also, apparently in the US, they wanted to name it Move It Like Mia after a, a US female soccer player. Um, but the Beckham cameo wouldn't have as big an impact then, would it? No. You could just bad, bad CGI him into Mia, like like the Henry Cavill top lip thing. Yeah, yeah. Like over yeah, Beckham's yeah. moustache. We'll work. We'll work it out. Obviously she, uh, so Jasminda ends up going to a US college on a scholarship 
so her route to the NFL is already well well paved. I think that she's she's um she's got the experience. She will have acclimatized to the culture, the country. Um, as I mentioned, you know, obviously a lot of people have likened Jess Minder to Fat Bastard in the sense that they would both benefit from the international player pathway. Oh, it's a, it's a conversation system. I hear all the time <laughs> on the commute in pubs. They're all like, you know what? Jess Minder and Fat Bastard, international pathways. It'll be great. But speaking of international pathways, and I don't know if you have done research on this or not, I know Johnny Wilkinson got... So actually, let me describe the jump. So uh, Christian Wade, who is an English rugby player, is now on the practice squad for the Buffalo Bills because he was on this international pathways thing, which is basically a way to fast-track international players into the NFL. Johnny Wilkinson got approached to be a kicker. Hmm. And they were going to offer him a fuckload of money and he turned it down because I don't think he really wanted to just be on the field for a combined 20, 30 seconds in a game. Do you, what, what, how, do you, do you know if like any footballers or anything like that have been I'm f- approached? I'm fairly sure there was some conversations around um, Beckham being given it. Um, oh, so it was just an NFL scout contacted him and just wanted to talk to him about a potential kicker tryout. And I think this was back when he was... Um, he was playing in Los Los Angeles at the time, um, and it was when he was going to potentially retire that he ended up going back and playing with um, Paris Saint-Germain instead, which was probably a better move for him. But yeah, so, and the other thing... So they, was, they, they offered Johnny Wilkinson £6 million a year to quit rugby and play NFL. Wow. That's... In 2007, so four years after winning the World Cup. That's astronomical for like a rugby player as well isn't it yeah that's i mean uh, for for the kicker position itself it's a lot of money as we said like i don't think like the best paid kickers are in the low millions yeah it's uh interesting but continue kickers kicking yeah the other thing is just thinking about you know one of the big draws that or one of the big missions of the nfl at the moment is this like expanding into foreign markets yeah um we spoke about the international player pathways it's one way of doing it obviously they want to get it on more tv screens in front of more people and you know where they really probably i think a market that is definitely untapped for for the nfl is um is north korea and (laughs) (laughs) sorry i laughed so much i unplugged my headphones (laughs) <laughs> that is not where I thought that was going. <laughs> well, I'll wait. I'll wait till you're plugged back in. I plug back in. Yeah, that's not. You plug that, back in. Yep. Yeah. Well, and obviously, Bend It Like Beckham was the first Western movie to be approved to be shown in North Korea. So Jess has a clearly must have a following up in uh, you know um, with Kim Jong Un and Co. If the USA want to break down those cultural barriers, get in front of more more people. Um, you know, I don't know how much money the North Korean fan base has to spend. Um, probably not a lot. Kim Jong-un probably has a fair bit. Well, and they have the biggest stadium in the world. They have the biggest everything in the world, Ian. Yeah, true. But I think they actually do. Because it's mainly used <laughs> for um, military processions and stuff like that. I'm fairly sure... The biggest stadium in the world is North Korea, and the rest are all college football stadiums. Nice. Okay. 
And obviously, with North Korean like propaganda, you could always say that Tom Brady isn't actually winning anything as well, which would be quite nice. Oh, um, but yeah, so I think for all of those reasons, you know how important kicking is to to the game, and the fact that there is this, uh, you know, she uh, Jess Minder has spent time in the U.S. and U.S. college system. She knows this one. She must have come across NFL. Probably already had tryouts, and. It's the best way I can think of of improving relations with North Korea is that Jess Minder should be um, a kicker on one of our Super Bowl teams. That's fair. Have, have we thought about uh, which team? I mean, because Beckham has ties to LA, you'd probably have to go Rams or, or Chargers. But seeing as you've already taken the Chargers, I don't know how well she'd get on with Jeff Chelios. So, London-born um, Jeff Chelios. London, well, also London-born Jess Minder. Oh, true. Yeah. I'll get so, on like a house um, on fire. Yeah. Until Jason played... Statham sets himself on fire. <laughs> played for the fic- fictional Hounslow Harriers in Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, Hounslow. <laughs> if you can survive Hounslow, you can survive linebackers. Exactly. But, uh, I realise we have listeners in like Texas who are not going to understand that joke at all. Basically, <laughs> I don't want to say Hounslow's a shithole because we've probably got more listeners in Hounslow than Texas. Hounslow yeah. is a lovely part of the... It's Heathrow adjacent. Yeah, it's it's I e- guess excellent travel links, excellent travel links, and probably I don't know like up and coming. Would you call it up and coming? Is that Detroit? Crazy? Yeah, yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Hounslow is yeah. Hounslow is the Detroit of London, but yeah, and you know, let's keep Kim Jong Un happy. My final choice then, I'm, I'll just say his character name off the bat because no one will know who the fuck he is. Will Sawyer. So, Will Sawyer is from the the movie Skyscraper. And as we've kind of talked about, when uh, NFL players are coming up to the draft, they go through what's called a combine, which is a way of measuring kind of statistics. So I just wanted to go through a couple that I've been able to figure out with Will Sawyer. So, first of all, there is a scene... In Skyscraper, where this character, who is played by The Rock, sorry, Mr. The Rock, runs along a crane and jumps through a window. Somebody has figured out that to make that possible, he must have been running at 28.4 miles per hour. For comparison, that's quicker than Usain Bolt's top speed. So, yep, he can run quicker than Bolt. I figured out that, so running at that speed means your 40 yard dash. So the quickest ever recorded, officially recorded 40 yard dash was a guy called John Ross, who did it in 4.22 seconds. And has done nothing since. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's also kind of like an NFL myth that Bo Jackson recorded a 4.1. So, Bo Jackson is the kind of athlete where if you read up about him, it makes you rejudge everything you've measured other athletes about. So, I I won't go too into detail on Bo Jackson because he's got nothing to do with it. I just think he's fucking amazing. So, apparently, he might have run a 4.1, but it was recorded on, like, a just a dude on a stopwatch. So, you can't be sure. Um, At the speed Will Sawyer runs, his 40-yard dash would be 2.87 seconds. (laughs) So, 
even if we add a second for like acceleration, that's still under comfortably under the record for what a 40 yard dash would be. So the quickest speed measured in the NFL this year was a running back called Raheem Mostert, who clocked in at just over 23 miles per hour. So Will Sawyer would be the quickest player in the NFL. And that's after he climbs 96 stories up a crane in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So he's got the the kind of the upper body strength there as well. Um, and that strength is also shown where... So Skyscraper is batshit insane. I don't want to go too detailed into the film because it doesn't make sense anyway. And, you know... Um, Are you about to talk about the bit where he holds a bridge up by not actually holding a bridge up? He holds up a bridge he's standing on. <laughs> like, that's not... That's not possible. Like, one, even if it was, like, within the realms of physics, you wouldn't have the strength to be able to do that. But he's standing on the bridge. That's not how <laughs> bridges work. Like, I'm not... I'm going to say bridge too many times. It's going to lose all meaning. I'm it's not going to be a bridge too far. <laughs> I like that. That was good. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a bridge expert, but that's not how fucking bridges work. But, yeah, he holds up a bridge that he's standing on. He's... He would be the quickest and strongest player in the NFL. The Rock can also apparently bench 192 kilos. Can't you? Well, actually, you know what? I've never tried, so I can't say for sure. <laughs> the jury is out. So with that strength and speed, I would want him to play linebacker. So linebacker is basically just tackling the nearest person to you. It's the position I would want to play. It's it's the, the most rugby-friendly position, I think. Like I said, Will Sawyer is... So his job in the film isn't very um, NFL-orientated, so he's a skyscraper security analyst. Obviously, his, his job is to uh, ascertain how secure skyscrapers are. Uh, he's not very good at his job because the skyscraper immediately gets broken into and set on fire. Because that subtly, subtly set on fire and broken into, whatever. But The Rock and the director have links to American football in the NFL. So, you know, there is kind of NFL in the DNA of the film. So the director is on Madden 18. Um, He won a charity auction and was put in the game as a free agent quarterback. So Rawson Marshall Ferber. Um, And The Rock is obviously, I mean, well, look at him. He obviously played American football in college. He's fucking massive. He was uh, on the defensive line. He was a defensive tackle. Um, He played for the University of Miami when they won the national championship in 1991. And in that, there were two first round picks from that his year he wasn't drafted which is why he's a wrestler but he did spend a year playing in the canadian football league for the calgary stampedes um but yeah like just out of sheer strength and speed uh, that we can mathematically figure out from a film will sawyer would be the quickest and strongest nfl player on the field and he has one leg i was that was i was just about to ask do you think that his one leg would um would be a disadvantage at all in his um, playing career. Because I guess uh, clearly it hasn't, you know, slowed him down in terms of being able to jump off of cranes onto skyscrapers. But I wonder if 
how well affixed it is for like things like tackling and stuff. So he um so first of all he he ran twenty eight point four miles an hour. I'm gonna keep saying that as if it's <laughs> an actual thing he did. Uh, he ran twenty eight point four miles per hour with like not a not like a blade prosthetic, like his day to day security analyst prosthetic. Yeah, like you know. He also, I think, basically got in a fist fight with a massive ventilation fan at one point in the film. Seriously, guys, strongly recommend Skyscraper. And by recom- recommend is a loose term. It's fun in ways it didn't mean to be. But yeah, I mean, like, there's... So you have Shakri- uh, Shaquem Griffin, who currently mm-hmm. plays for the Seattle Seahawks as a- also as a linebacker, and he only has one hand. So mm-hmm. there are instances of kind of people missing limbs playing kind of professional sport bo jackson actually became the first professional athlete to play with an artificial hip yeah um i, I don't know at some point i'll start a, I'll, I'll start a short-lived sports podcast and just talk about bo jackson for a couple of hours <laughs> um, I, I think it, it you would assume prosthetics have come far enough now that and yeah, the, I'll be honest. I'm I'm kind of ignorant to it. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but also if it's... if you're if you're going to be able to, it's if you do have issues with it, obviously because NFL is so kind of stop start. Yeah, you could probably just go to the sideline and sort it out. Um, there's uh, a kicker who had um, uh, born without toes, um, and he could kick really far because. Um, his kicking mechanic was basically like a hammer. Um, he had a special boot made, and I think they then had to kind of change the rules. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and the reason Will Sawyer would be better than uh, Tom Brady, uh, which is obviously the the real question people are looking for the answer for, is life. You know, Will Sawyer has, uh, you know, obviously a, 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 as a man with one leg, there's a lot of issues he's had to face in his life. He could have taken shortcuts, you know. There could have been cheating. There could have been a lot of things, but he didn't. He did things the right way and became the fastest man on the face of the planet. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it, it would work. I mean, like The Rock, six foot five. He's 180 kilos. He's, he's The Rock. I mean, you can't, this, this entire segment could have just been 10 minutes of me just saying he's The Rock over and over again. Like, the, the man is a monster. Like, He's he's weirdly more jacked now than he was back in like his nineties heydays of WWF. I I, th- I think it's because it, it's talking as if uh, us talking about the rock. Well, obviously, <laughs> as as somewhat of an expert on body health, um, <laughs> today I only melted a quarter of a block of cheese onto some pita bread. No, um, I I I think because in his NFL NFL sorry. Um, I think because in his wrestling heyday, it was more functional fitness mm. than maybe kind of aesthetic fitness. Because I think now he's he's not necessarily training to be strong. He's training to have, you know, there's a there's a very fine but important difference between looking like you can lift Hulk Hogan over your head and actually having to lift Hulk Hogan over your head. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. He is terrible. Like his his arms are bigger than both my legs put together. I think. Have you ever seen um Pain and Gain? No. The the sheer size of him in that film is I don't. 
I don't understand how that would be fun. Like, yeah, he can't fit into cars. Like that's the size he is. Like there are some cars he just won't be able to fit into. I do. Have you you you've seen his cheat meals on Instagram though, right? Like, oh, mainly pancakes, right? Or like slabs of French toast and like a whole pint of ice cream and yeah, I'm kind of jealous of that. Ah, oh, sorry, I just completely zoned out imagining it. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, I see. But then you you also see. See, I like to think the main reason that I'm not in uh, built out of marble, um, you read some of the like. So Jason Momoa when he plays Conan the Barbarian, mm. a lot of Jason Momoa's kind of exercise stuff mainly comes from like rock climbing and activity stuff, and it sounds fun. But th- this was the first role apparently where he had to pack on muscle, and he had to eat two boiled chicken breasts every four hours. There's nothing in me that wants to be in good good enough shape to choke that down at eleven AM in the morning. Like yeah, it just it's... seems awful. That that that's always the side of fitness I always kind of fall down on. Like I, I can I can hit the gym five times a week. I can, you know, run, do like the interval and speed training stuff, but as soon as it comes to oh, you know what you should do? Watch what you eat. It's like, yeah, but there's twenty percent off this cheap pizza place. <laughs> it's I think I enjoy food too much to be able to uh to do it. Yeah. But yeah, so that is why I'm um if my girlfriend is listening, that's why I'm not built like the rock. <laughs> so yeah, that's my uh my final choice then is nice. Will Sawyer from Skyscraper, a film we will talk about more at some point. And I feel like again, just for sheer statistics, it's impossible so with those what's your uh what's your ranking okay so ranking for me number three due to the likelihood of uh penalties and suspension and a death on the field uh london-born chef chelios uh number two again i I think leadership is very important on a field uh maximus decimus meridius and number one, Will Sawyer, because again, two point eight seven seconds forty yard dash. Yeah, well, maybe he should take up sprinting. I was gonna say I don't understand that speed, but I mean, it was on a crane into a building, so I don't. I, maybe I'm gonna put put it out on a limb here. I don't think he was actually running that fast. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was just over bolt. I don't. I don't get moving that quickly. It's. Like, I run as quick as I can sometimes. <laughs> I don't get how you can run quicker. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's my my final ranking. What's uh, what's on your list? Um, I'm going to go in um, third place, Fat Bastards, on the defensive line. Um, I think, obviously, he's, he's well-equipped to play that position, but maybe it's not as critical as the other two. Second place... Jasmine Barmara at kicker from from Bendit like Beckham, and then first place because he is so similar to the most successful quarterback in the NFL of all time is John Snow playing quarterback um, for the New England Direwolves. Oh God, that'd be an amazing name. <laughs> There's not really a lot of like fantasy NFL team names, right? No, they're all 
Well, I was convinced for a very long time that Seahawks weren't a real thing, but I think it's like it's it's like a slang term for an osprey or something. The Seattle Ospreys doesn't have quite the same ring to it, does it? No. But yeah, okay, all right, that's uh, that's fair. I think Russell Crowe would be a better quarterback than John Snow. Ah, but Russell Crowe isn't as well. A, you're saying Russell Crowe rather than the yeah. character. I, I, I can I can rephrase that. Uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius would be a better quarterback than Kit Harrington. Yeah, <laughs> very good. But he's not he's not a bastard. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't switch sides when things aren't looking like they're not going so well where he was before. And he hasn't spied. So would he really be the best makeup for a quarterback if we're looking at the most successful quarterback of all time? That's true. If we are going off the mould of the most successful quarterback in the league, you don't really need athleticism, leadership skills, the ability to improve morale around those around you. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, who needs that shit? <laughs> um, I, I think Will Sawyer should be arguably as the most athletic person ever to be in the NFL, I feel like he should be number one on the list. Yeah. I still think that he should go into he should go into sprinting though. I mean if you look at so I was just looking just clarifying this, but this is an article from twenty sixteen, so I, I don't know how many more races Usain Bolt has run in since. But do you know for like for all of the success he's had, if you include preliminary rounds as well how many seconds that Usain Bolt has actually spent like doing his sport in like no. 325 seconds Jesus Christ in, in total or just 100 metres uh, 100 metres at the Olympics fucking hell that's crazy so he has a gold, mem- gold medal for every 36 seconds that he's spent running well you know he did a, he did a 40 yard dash oh really in 4.22 seconds Nice. In sweatpants and trainers. <laughs> uh, apparently, I, I think he was on some American show or sports coverage somewhere, and they asked him to do it, and he just did it. So no prep or anything like that, and just busted out 4.22 seconds. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he's got a lot of... Uh, well, maybe he goes full by Jackson, you know, like cross-discipline kind of athlete. So, you know, we'll have him in the Super Bowl, and then he'll fuck off to the Olympics. Okay. Fair. Yeah, it works. And it's The Rock. I feel like The Rock. <laughs> you know, The Rock deserves a win, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how is he getting by right now? Oh, it must. Yeah. It must be a struggle. Wrestling just doesn't pay the bills. No, which is why he had to buy a whole, you know, American Football League. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so, for, for our listeners out there. Um, Vince McMahon of the WWE kept trying to make the XFL a thing as like an alternate football league. Um, Due to, I mean, probably bad management, but also uh, a little thing called COVID-19, the league got shut down. Did it start? Yeah, I think they played, well, not many, maybe three game weeks or something it it got shut down in season and now the rock or is it like a consortium led by the rock or something basically has bought a league so at some point in the next couple of years you're going to have a dwayne johnson owned football league which he's he's also so he's got the xfl he obviously has all of his movie career he's got his wrestling career he owns a tequila brand 
Um, he is a, I think, either owner or part owner of Voss uh, Springwater. Oh, fuck, didn't know that. It's like the guy has got fingers in so many pipes. It's ridiculous. Oh, God, yeah. It's... Yeah, no. I, I mean, let's not be random, but shall we? I have a lot of time for The Rock. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. The Rock. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, the, the the DNA there of The Rock, Will Sawyer, I, I, I put that high up on the list. Um, so so out of sheer realism, Jess Minder, I think, is, is worthy of a mention as well. I think so. I think, as I say, like from a, from the point of view of kicking, right, it is literally one of the most underrated attributes in the game, but at the same time wins so many games. And also, I think recently we finally had a female kicker in a college game in the US. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, it's not out of the realms of possibility that this, um, that you know, she could take the step up to the NFL. Yeah, no, I can see that. So it, it, it kind of comes down to, so obviously Jon Snow fits the archetype of Hall of Fame quarterback too well. So we have to include him. <laughs> I think that then unfortunately rules out Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, you probably I mean he's he's a good um he'd be he'd be a good Nick Foles to um to Jon Snow's Carson Wentz. I mean I think Josh McCowan had the the best backup quarterback gig this year for the Eagles where he was because of the whole COVID nineteen situation was paid twelve thousand dollars a week to stay at home self-isolate make sure he wasn't contracting coronavirus just in case their quarterback he was in another state right yeah yeah, he was back at home i don't know where he lives um but yeah he was he was far away from the eagles crazy times man yeah but yeah so who would so it is really london-born chev chelios and london-born uh jasmine yeah i mean so you're getting less penalties out of um jasmine and probably more chances to win the game with a with a kick. That, 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 that's fair. Also, we'll be breaking, you know, we'll, we'll be making history, which is, you know, obviously important for the podcast, because all of this is going to happen. These fictional characters of are course. actually going to play in the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl I would want to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's fair. I, I really do. I, I would love the, the aggressive running style a man who has to medically keep his adrenaline up well, would bring to an NFL field. But though. you know exactly where Chev Chelios needs to go, and that is the XFL. Ah, good point. You know the first time they did the XFL, there was an injury technically before the game started. Oh, really? Apparently they wanted to do something where the game started more like dodgeball. <laughs> Obviously. So the ball, would, the ball would start on the centre spot, and the first people to get to it would start the game. Okay. And, and I think two people collided and someone broke their collarbone. Sounds about right. So yeah, first ever play of XFL. I think someone um got quite seriously injured. Vince McMahon is just terrible, isn't he? He's like <laughs> I can't figure him out. Like either he's a business genius or he's a psychopath or both or none. I think he's probably a bit of both. Probably. It's. I still love the the whole and we're going way off topic here, but the whole uh, where he tore both of his quads and then was sat down at the side of the ring yelling at people. Well, he's like he sees like a toddler. He sees um, sneezing as a weakness. Yeah, yeah. Makes people, like, leave the room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but after he tore his quads, apparently he, like, they cleared all of the back um, yes, corridors. Yes, yeah, yeah. So no one could see him. 
But he he made sure that he walked to the limousine to take him to the hospital because yeah. he didn't want to be seen as weak by going in like a wheelchair or something. What a what a strange strange <laughs> man. But um, okay, so I, I think that's that. We we have our our top three sorted. Then I think that's fair. Um, yep. Our uh, our top three then of characters we would want on our Super Bowl team. So number three at kicker is uh, Jasmine Bamra from Bentit Beckham. Uh, so number two, uh, because they are so close to the archetype of the best quarterback who's ever played, we have Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. And then number one, we have Will the Rock Sawyer from Skyscraper, the quickest and strongest person ever to play in the NFL that doesn't have superpowers. It's um, or to do anything. It's yeah, it's a, it's a lot of firsts for the sport in this list, but I I think they would all uh, they'd all bring their A game. Um, and Jon Snow yep. would then blame other people when things don't go his way. But so <laughs> yeah, I mean um. Obviously, we can address this now at the end of the podcast. People might start kind of tuning out. They haven't heard the guitar music that's coming in yet, so no. they realise we're going to be talking for a little bit longer. Um, we don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> we're we're sorry if there are our fans out there. Uh, we've been told we're boring the amount of times we talk about how we don't like him, but can't stand the man. No, and the thing is, I mean, this uh, I know we haven't got two hours to talk about um, the podcast on this podcast, but the thing that that grates me more than anything with him is that there is clearly talent there. this stuff act like a brat because i i get there's this like with with elite athletes there's this like real drive to win and they hate losing and i completely understand that but if you take like i don't know if you've watched the last dance but like you see how michael jordan channeled losing to other people into a way to beat them the next time tom brady like I've seen him, he throws his helmet, he sits on the field like a toddler with his feet out, crying. Like, like just, if you're that good, like, back it up and don't be a prick. I, I think the problem I have with Tom Brady is, so you, you get it with the, the All Blacks a lot as well sometimes, where if his team win, it's entirely because of him. If they lose, it's nothing to do with him, it's something else. And that's not just his mindset, it's the mindset of kind of the fans as well. Like, uh, Yeah, a, yeah. A fair few of the Super Bowls he's won have been because their defense have been like fucking insane. And that's okay to say, but people see that yeah. as a detraction against Tom Brady. It's like, Tom, it's... Yeah, and then that also then seeps into, similar to the All Blacks, when you have someone who's seen as being so good referees generally seem to give them the benefit of the doubt on the field a lot more than they would necessarily other people. You then can't say that because you're accused of, well, Tom Brady's not, it's not like he's paying the referees. It's like, that's not what we're saying though. It's just, 
It's yeah, just yeah. annoying. And you can't have those conversations because people raise them up to be the fucking messiah. I ran out of breath there. That's how that's that's how <laughs> how annoyed I am at him. But yeah, I just I just don't like cheaters unless they're on teams then, that benefit me. Yeah. And there's also the whole the whole uh like I mean the guy endorsed an energy drink that was meant to help with the symptoms of concussion or like stop getting a concussion. One of the two, which is just like he's the very, very questionable in his ethics. Um, and I'm fairly sure his mates with Donald Trump as well, or at least likes it. Uh, well, like, like, like I said before, I, I drunkenly put a bet on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. And now they're in the Super Bowl. And if they win, I win a good 300 quid. And a big part of me still kind of wants them to lose. <laughs> That's, I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm putting my, uh, my, my money where my mouth is on that one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, if they win, at least I'll be able to, uh, buy a lot of uh, a lot of beer to drown it out well it's it's the nice consolation thing right i will always bet against watford or the ravens because they're gonna lose they win. <laughs> uh, there's that too um <laughs> all right wales and minnesota vikings <laughs> fan well <laughs> scarlet's got pasted this weekend as well <laughs> but yeah it's always like a nice consolation you either enjoy winning or you you know feel like you've been paid a little bit to suffer a loss so um uh, so, yeah. just, anyway doing that. i could win a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was uh that was this week's podcast we apologize for how sporty we would have gone uh we'll try and do something next week to kind of make up the difference for you so if you agree yeah don't <laughs> solidly dungeons and dragons next week oh so i'm up i'm up for that so (laughs) if you agree with us if you think of any other characters you would want to be on a super bowl team uh you can find us on instagram at the podcast nobody asked for and if you also despise tom brady and just want to send us hilarious messages and and memes about how much of a terrible person he is you can send them to us on twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four um and same on facebook as well Cool. And then also leave a review on Apple Podcast. In your review, put any ideas for future episodes um, and we'll do the best ones. So, yeah. Fuck Tom Brady, man. (laughs) Fuck Tom Brady. Um, And yeah, if you're watching the Super Bowl this Sunday, um, despite the fact that Tom Brady is in it, enjoy it. It's probably not the same for a lot of people this year because you would normally... Uh, it's quite a social event usually but yeah grab grab some american food drink some good beer and um let's see patrick mahomes win another ring yeah dr- drop us a message while you're watching it i'm sure we'll be throwing out some random film references when the time is appropriate and remember watch the replacements it's a great fucking film shane valco man he's he, he'd be the real mvp shane valco sounds like a star fox character for this.